Hello everyone, my name is Lily Jandra Savitz and I'm the New York State Editor-in-Chief and you are listening to Spill the Liberty. I'm so excited for you to hear the first episode of our podcast the New York State Press team has been working so hard on. First is my interview with George and Zara. For this segment, I'm here with George and Zara. Hey. <laughs> Hi guys. First, can you explain what your positions are and what they even mean for anyone who doesn't know? Zara, do you want to explain first? Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Zara Abdul, and I'm your youth governor. And my position is basically just to overlook the program and make sure that all the branches are running smoothly and that wherever anybody needs help, I'm available. And George? Hey, guys. I'm George Lapotis. I am your lieutenant governor, and that is basically the head of legislative. So my job is more so to focus on the legislative side of things, not so much uh, judicial. While doing that, I'm also in charge of the service learning project, which this year's theme is health and wellness. So as a part of that, I just want to say real quick, make sure you're wearing a mask, practice social distancing and uh, stay healthy and stay safe, guys. Next, do you want to talk about um, any plans you have for this year, even if they're uncertain? So, guys, as I stated before, my service learning project is basically uh, the main goal for me this year. And although it is with uh, COVID, it's kind of everything is unsure and uncertain. The biggest thing I can say, which is uh, kind of a coincidence that I went with health or the whole entire pandemic even happened, is actually... Um, this is a really good time for us to use our health and wellness in order to help and affect our community as a whole. We can wear masks in order to ensure we can stop the spread of the virus. We can practice social distancing to ensure we can, uh, the virus doesn't spread and overall just maintaining small gatherings. I know how hard it is, especially with the holidays and the seasons coming up and everything. But I think that with the proper precautions, you can still enjoy your time with family and have a safe environment where you know that hey in six more months or in five or whatever amount of time you know we can go back to everything being regular if everybody just listens and acts accordingly is there any specific things that you want to say that we can do to volunteer at home or volunteer social distancing uh so yeah this is where it kind of gets challenging because we do have aspects like mobile serve and stuff like that which i know everybody might be wondering about and unfortunately due to COVID this year it is going to be very challenging to implement you know community service volunteer service and stuff like that so the biggest things is uh you know if you guys uh feel free to contact me or the youth and government website or page you know to reach us uh It's going to be just submitting photos, videos of you guys, you know, really doing stuff uh, that's practicing social distancing, that's being uh, a safe and a healthy, you know, part of society, contributing to assisting the the decline of this virus. You know, uh, I would say the biggest thing is really uh, that you can do from home, you know, is just... uh, making sure that when you do leave and you do go out, you're doing the right things. Obviously, you know, at home, uh, just don't have huge gatherings. Don't be throwing any parties or anything like that. But uh, when you're out and about, just always wear a mask. Try and stay the six feet if possible. And uh, use tons of hand sanitizer, guys. It comes in use. Zara, is there anything else you want to add for this year? Um. Right now, we're basically planning on going fully virtual, given everything. 
but we are going to see later in the year how it is, how the conditions are, vaccines and whatnot. And from there, we'll decide whether we'll have an in-person conference or not. Is there any um, online stuff that you'd like to promote or explain? Uh, yeah, guys. So uh, I would love to jump in over here. Uh, we have a, I think it's bi-weekly, twice a week, right? We have a program where you guys can hop on for the legislative side of things. I think we are trying to implement one for judicial soon. Hopefully it will come uh, where you can hop on for bill writing and for kind of parliamentary procedure, learning debate and all that. And it's really actually a good time. We had a pretty good turnout. Drew uh, will be there. So who doesn't want to come and see him? It's been a while. And for the newbies that might be listening to this, it's a great time to come join in, see unfamiliar faces and do what youth and government is really for, you know, find friends from all across the state. So uh, please feel free to join over there. You'll learn how to, how legislative kind of works. And um, I hope we can get one up and running for judicial. Do you have any other final advice or messages you think government or otherwise that you'd like to say to everyone? Just in general, I know that this year is going to be extremely challenging given that school for some people is online and we're also going to have the conference online. But, you know, it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. And I feel like we just have to be thankful for what we're given and all that we have to take advantage of um, compared to everyone else. George? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with uh, Zara. I mean, on everything, thankful. I'd like to expand on it and honestly just say that, you know, for the newbies coming in, you know, this might be your first year, but youth and government is not going to stay like this. You know what I mean? This is not, uh, this is a temporary thing because of COVID. And when you get to the real experience inside Albany and inside the Capitol building, it is really a life-changing experience. And for all the, uh, the old YAG members, you know, you can attest for this and you can tell them everything and how good it is. And I just wanted to be known that the impact that we have is still going to be possible through this online procedure. You know, we can still pass real state legislature into law. You know, these are still bills that will be seen going to senators and the senators will read over these bills. And some of them might even like our ideas so much to go and present them in real state legislature, guys. So I think regardless of if it's online, if it's in person, youth and government is a program where you can expand on your beliefs, you can voice your opinion, you can make friends from all over the country, all over the world, you know what I mean? If you go into Kona and stuff like that. And uh, I think the biggest aspect is really just stay with the program, guys, through thick and thin. YAG will be there for you for through thick and thin. If you're a senior right now, I know you're applying to colleges and YAG is there for you on your common application and on your college essays. So if it's there for you, be there for it. Thanks again to George and Zara for taking their time to be on the podcast. Next, we have Melina's segment telling us a little bit about Amy Coney Barrett, the controversial new Supreme Court justice. Hi everyone, my name is Melina and I will be speaking about Amy Coney Barrett. Amy Coney Barrett is the newly elected Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. The Senate confirmed Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals Judge Amy Coney Barrett to become the 115th Associate Justice on the United States Supreme Court. She recited the judicial oath on October 27, 2020 in a ceremony administered by Chief Justice John Roberts. 
Some interesting facts about her are that she's the first mother of school-aged children to ever serve. She's also the fifth woman ever to serve on the United States Supreme Court. She's the only current justice that has a law degree from a school other than Harvard or Yale. She graduated from Notre Dame Law School. Her professions include being a judge, professor, and litigator. I hope you learned a little more about our new Associate Justice of the Supreme Court. You can learn more at www.righthouse.gov. Thank you. Next, we have our Secretary of State, Jack Kelly, talking about some advice for applying to colleges. All right. Um, hi, everyone. This is Jack Kelly, your Secretary of State. And today I'm basically just going to be walking you through a little discussion about, you know, the lovely college application process. Um, I know a lot of you are either in my boat, you've just applied to college, or, you know, it's coming up the next year or two. And I think it's really important to have these discussions and kind of get a little bit of a walkthrough about what you're going into. Um, Because to be really honest, I don't think we give a lot of accurate descriptions of that whole process to kids before they do it. There's often a lot of like trial by fire, unless you do research beforehand on your own. And I don't know, I feel like sometimes that research that you find on your own is a little bit like preachy and it's a little bit like not personal. Um, And so I'm going to try to go through my experience in detail, hoping that almost like the personal details that I'm giving will kind of make you understand what it's like to go through, not on a general level, but on an individual level, and that maybe this will help you a little bit more. Um, So I am going to be applying to, I believe, 21 colleges, um, which is a lot. I would not recommend it necessarily unless you have both the means and um, the ability to. I'm fortunate enough that um, like that works for me. I got, did get a lot of free applications sent to me, so that is where like a lot of my applications are coming from. Um, but yeah, definitely like apply to a number of colleges that gives you the amount of choice that you want to take because you know there's a cost benefit to choosing how many to apply to. You know you have. Uh, more applications means a more costs associated and more uh, work that has to be done because all of a sudden now you have the supplementals for maybe every college or at least some extra work of doing common apps and getting recommendations and submitting those scores for every college. But at the same time, there's also the benefit of then when decisions come back, more choices possibly and maybe more financial aid decisions. So in my case, my family knew it was really important to be able to kind of way and negotiate those financial aid decisions against each other um, because I didn't want to have to take on a ton of debt. So when I'm applying to colleges, I'm using the fact that I'm going to have a bunch of different decision packages kind of coming to me to negotiate that. And that's kind of my goal to be able to walk out without a lot of debt. Other than that, um, I would recommend first starting early. I started in about um, July, August. I began like prepping some of the essay topics that I could. A few of them a few colleges do release those help levels early, and you can find those just by usually midsummer kind of Googling and saying, like, College X's supplementals, and sometimes they'll be up, or they'll tell you kind of when they're coming up, and you can start planning for those. So I had a, a huge Google Drive folder that basically just had documents for all my colleges. And then once the Common App opens, and that opens in August, uh, I just kind of began taking those and kind of filling them out as I did. It's really important to have all your documentation 
put together before you start your Common App. So make sure you have your parents' educational information um, and their occupational education, if um, applicable. Have all of your info for like your tests and your grades as best you know them, and like any APs or college classes you took. Kind of take all that information and just have it ready because that makes the common app process way faster and way easier. And also, if you start early and you're doing this in like August, like the first two weeks of August, that's a lot easier than to track down that information that you don't have. So, I found that that makes it a lot easier for when you're like doing that whole process. After that, honestly, the common app doesn't take that long. It, it maybe takes, if you're organized and like doing everything right then and there, maybe half an hour to 45 minutes just to do all of that like busy work of filling the stuff in. Your longest part, obviously, will be your essay. Again, start early, that's the same thing that's important there. But I found that the most important part with that is really to use the common essay to like discuss something very personal about yourself. Um, not necessarily diving into like personal details you don't want to share, but making that essay a very much relatable, connectable essay. So I know I had a lot of stories I was thinking of. I ended up personally choosing one about like my like struggles with mental health and perfectionism, and just because I felt I was able to really kind of touch a raw point of like emotion and personal growth. The college board and not even because with a common app, but also like um all the colleges you're applying to, they want to see that personal growth from you. And that's really, really, really important to be able to show in some way, shape, or form. It can be lighthearted, it can be very serious, but showing growth in some way or kind of like showing your character as a human being is always going to be really important and really special. After that, honestly, it's really important to get a draft out and then kind of have people read it over, just have friends read it over, have family read it over, have your teachers read it over. Um, just having people give a once-over of it even, just being like, oh, I like it, maybe change this or add this. Um, not even intense editing can really just kind of give you some more perspective on it. Um, you know, and then also sometimes they'll see like little like grammar typos or writing typos and they'll be like, oh, I didn't like the way this like sentence read. And you'll read it back and they'll be like, yeah, that actually doesn't make a lot of sense. And it'll make you just do some changes that make it just flow a lot better or a lot nicer. Um, but all in all, the common app process is relatively fast and convenient um at least as far as like a college application process goes i would say as far as the time i dedicated to doing my actual common app versus doing everything else was was minimal it was maybe two to three hours total probably including essay writing and and that's fine i wouldn't say that that's a bad thing but it's definitely something where like I know the Common App is always hyped up to be like, oh, applying to college. Oh, you got to get your application. The Common App is the whole thing. Really, I found it. It's not. The Common App is often just kind of the tip of that iceberg. And if it's not, if the Common App is um, the majority of your application, then then good for you, because it's definitely going to make your life a lot easier. After that, we start to get into the supplemental essays and whatnot. And those are where you start to have the really, like, both a i would say interesting but also more difficult writing challenges for you and because all of a sudden you're going to have each school is either asking you why do you want to attend our school or like what do you want to study or tell us about something and they'll give you like not just to tell us about your life but they'll say like tell us about this specific challenge in your life or tell us about this club that you've worked with and it requires you to get a lot more detail about yourself um than you would share in just your common app essay and oftentimes there's a lot more of those essays I know for me personally, just because of the um, buildups of my deadlines and the buildups of like the essays I do, I've basically been having to produce like a few hundred words per week. 
um, for applications, sometimes more. Um, sometimes it gets up to like at least a thousand words a week just of college applications and stuff. So it's definitely something where you have to pace yourself. I would say anytime you can apply early somewhere um, and get an early action in, that's really helpful. So I know that I actually forwent submitting like early action or early decision for any of the schools that I was really interested in going to because I wanted to be able to space out my early actions as best they could. So if you pick a school like Princeton that is restrictive early action and requires you to like basically commit to only applying early to them, it can get really stressful because all of a sudden all your deadlines are the same, like three days in January. And I just find that that makes it really stressful to then because when those all build up and go together, I've had my applications kind of steadily be due every like two to three weeks. I thought it'll be like two or three more due. So it's been a lot more easy to manage so that even if like worst case scenario, like I got really busy and I'm doing them like the weekend before I'm only managing like three applications as opposed to like 20, which would be, unbearable and overwhelming. Other than that, it's a really good thing to make sure to keep an eye out for scholarships too when you're doing early action because I find that a lot of the really big scholarships that you don't necessarily know about from a school if they don't advertise are found through early action and early decisions. So like, for example, I know some of the schools that are applying to are like Vanderbilt or Tulane or even like the state schools like the University of Albany, um, they all require you to um, submit your application and then submit those like scholarship applications usually by the early action deadline or by like the day after. So like University of Albany has a lot of really big, has a lot of scholarships and awards, but like they're due the day after that application and you can't access them until you've submitted the application and they require extra recommendations and everything. So if you want to really make the most out of like the money you're getting and financial aid and scholarships from colleges, you want to make sure you're applying early because that's how you can get not only those scholarships from places like um, that, like are just giving you some money, but oftentimes that's where like the scholarships that are full ride scholarships um, are usually from early action pools and they're extremely valuable. And if you get one, like go, I found that, you know, a lot of the college hype that we hear about just like, Oh, finding the school, it's the right fit for you. And that where you like, you find yourself happiest and motivated that's great. I definitely encourage you to like search for places where you'd be happy, but I also would encourage you to find ways where you could almost make yourself happy at any institution. I don't think a college should be a place that is so fantastic, like, and so perfect that it defines you and that you see yourself there and only there, because I think that sets you up for a lot of disappointment if you don't get in. And because the college admissions process is such a is such a numbers game, I and mean, you can't guarantee acceptance into anywhere almost, and so you know you don't want to set yourself up for disappointment. Where it's like if I don't get into this school, I'm a failure because that's just not true. College is so much more than just one school. But other than that, I think a lot of this is just time management and organization. So you can really organize it however you'd like. I personally find that literally just having like a, a folder in Google Drive with all of my um, supplemental essay questions and then like the dates of them was really nice. I'd basically just add a checkbox and move an essay into a completed folder whenever I finish one. And then I could just see kind of the list of essays I had to complete at any time. For everyone who hasn't done that application process yet, don't stress out. Um, it will work out. And as long as you put the work in, you'll be okay. It doesn't, don't think of anything else. Don't think of, oh, my scores aren't high enough. Don't think of, oh, my, my, my resume isn't strong enough. Just put in the work of trying to be as authentic and truly you as you can, and you'll succeed. I, I, I know it 100%. You all are really bright, amazing people, and I know that you'll be able to do well. 
if any of you ever want help with this process or the whole application thing, clearly at this point I've been doing it for long enough, you know, the past few months that I'm considering myself a bit of an expert. So always feel free to reach out to me. Uh, and, you know, a lot of all your presiding officers, all your cabinet members, your justices in the YAG program, a lot of us are kind of in the same spot right now. We're all really excited to help you guys be the best you can be and help you kind of in any way we can, both inside of YAG as uh, leadership or outside of YAG as people to help you with things like college applications. So this has been Jack Kelly signing off for the week. Thanks again, Jack, for those great tips on applying to colleges. Since this has been recorded, Jack has gotten some acceptances back with some great scholarships. So if you somehow didn't believe in his tips, um, I guess it's been proven to work. Finally, we have Megan and Moline with our last segment on some recent pop culture events. And I'm Megan. And this is our segment. We will be discussing new pop culture news. Did you hear about Harry Styles being on the cover of Vogue? Yes, I did. He's the first man ever to have a solo cover on the U.S. Vogue. On the cover, he's wearing a Gucci jacket and a light blue Gucci dress that was custom made by Alessandro Michelle. And he was photographed by Tyler Mitchell. And this edition will be coming out in December of 2020. So get your copies now. Did you get one, Megan? I did. Oh, you're so lucky. I have to get one. (laughs) So there is a new single called Monster that was made by Shawn Mendes featuring Justin Bieber. Um, Yeah, it came out already. And the rest of the album titled Wonder will be dropping on December 4th. So by the time you're listening to this, it'll already be out. So go give it a listen and let us know what you think. Did you hear about Taylor Swift's ongoing argument with her old record label, Big Machine Records? I did. Scott Bruin, one of the executive investors for the label, sold it for $300 million back in June 2019. The label sold to Ithaca Holdings, and and with this purchase, it also acquired the masters to Swift's first six albums. Oh my gosh. He will continue to profit off of Swift's music for years to come. He sold her music, albums, and album art without her knowing. And this isn't the first time this happened to her. Right now, she's re-recording her past albums with her new re- record label, Republic Records and Universal Music Group. And I can't wait to see how her voice will sound now on her older country music. Yeah, that's one positive out of this. Yeah. Oh, so bad for her. So, Broadway, Megan, it's shut down. Uh-huh. Sure is. You know, the COVID-19 pandemic really struck the arts. Theaters are going to be struggling to open when they're finally allowed to since they don't even have any money coming in. Exactly. Theater fans nationwide are just so devastated that Broadway is shutting down, specifically New Yorkers, until at least June 2021. I've heard some people said that it was like May, but I think it's June of 2021. I believe it's June 1st is when it can reopen. Oh, June 1st. Okay. Uh, Broadway had their first shutdown on March 12th of 2020, and this was the second time Broadway's ever shut down. The first was being on September 11th, 2001, after the tragic events occurred in, in New York City. That shutdown lasted until September 13th, so it was wow. only a few days. Only two days last time. This time it's a yeah. lot longer. 
Many sources confirm that the curtain will rise again on May 30th, but others have extended the date until June 1st. So the shutdown is very unpredictable. We were all hoping that they'll open soon. Furthermore, you can donate to the Actors Fund, which is an organization helping the entertainment industry during this tough time. The Actors Fund doesn't just help actors, it helps everyone from the ushers to the stage managers, to the quick changers and to the choreographers. So it's actorsfund.org. And I really encourage everyone, not everyone, if I mean if you can to donate, it's a really good cause and it's helping a lot of people. Continuing on the topic of theater, did you know that the Winter Garden is gonna be occupied by the Music Man, starring Hugh Jackman? Mm-hmm. I know it was originally engaged by the musical Beetlejuice. It was. Beetlejuice opened on April 19th and was supposed to close on June 6th of 2020, but Sally was shut down the 12th of March. That's it was really a really sad. good show. I, I wish it ran for it. a little longer. I know. So we have some new people for you guys to check out and listen to. So one of my favorite artists right now is Maud Latour. I don't really know how to say her last name, but she has really cool ma- music. Um, I think it's on Apple Music as well. I listen to on Spotify. And she's from New York, and I really encourage you to listen to a few of her songs. I've actually recently been listening to a few Sarah Key songs. And oh I my believe, gosh, yes. I believe she's really, like, inspirational and just mm-hmm. hits home for many people. Yeah. I-, I listened to a few of her songs. I think you recommended it to me. And then one of um, a final band, I think they're coming out with a new song soon, but it's a band called See Through. It's C and then T H R U. They have one Ooh. song right now, but it's I think it's really good. I think they're from Australia as well. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So I hope you guys enjoyed our little segment on pop culture. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to all our guests in this episode of the podcast. And thank you for listening to our first episode. We hope you'll tune into the next one. Thank you.